Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and Happy New Year. It is the last day of uh, 2010, or our last radio show, I should say, uh, for 2010. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are, a show about following your heart and doing what you love. And today, of course, we want to celebrate New Year's celebrations and festivities and talk about what is going on in a new year? And before Heather and I do, I just want to announce that you only have about 30 hours to make your final, uh, get final tax relief and tax deductions. And of course, we suggest that you make a donation to Be the Star You Are. For every dollar that you donate to Be the Star You Are, you get a dollar off your taxes. So if you're in the 35% tax bracket and you make a thousand dollar donation, um, you will get the, I, excuse me, I said that wrong. You get the percentage off of your tax bracket, so you'll get $350 off. Um, and that's if you itemize. And then it's possible you can even get more. So go to bethestarur.org, and while you're there, check out the essay contest. There's a few more weeks of it, and it's about prosperity and happiness and abundance in service to others. So we sure hope that uh, you will join our essay contest. Well, Heather, it's our last show for 2010. I know. Did this year not go so fast? My goodness. I, it's funny how sometimes 10 minutes seems like forever, and then a year just seems like it flew right by. Well, I'm not even used to writing 2010 yet. And then, <laughs> and now we're going into 2011. So the New Year's, you know, as I was running around uh, going to the post office and the bank and running errands today, everybody is excited about the New Year. I think that there's something about starting fresh, starting all over again, and, of course, the celebrations that will be happening tomorrow night that get people really excited. What, uh, what's your take on the New Year? Well, you know, it is a really thing about the rebirth and this freshness of Getting to sit, you know, there's the, so funny how every year um, everyone makes these New Year's resolutions that, I, you know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to you know, work harder, not procrastinate. And, you know, statistically they show that around, like, the 15th of January, those little things start falling apart. Um, and why we always kind of think, you know, it's in the new year everything's going to come. I think because it's this time of year, you know, we come together and we celebrate it, whether it's been a hard year, a great year, sad there's always so much of this kind of this essence of hope of next year. It's the stuff we have no idea of planning for and that we're going to get something.
something out of it. And something that was really funny, I, I recently um, was reading, you know, some financial thing, and the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, um, if you count out how many times they repeat everything, it adds up to 364, which technically years fluctuate between 364 to 365. Um, so I always thought the 12 days of Christmas really is an essence of the 12 months. The whole I didn't year. know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is on that thing and, and how, you know, it's so interesting. How did these things come to be about, you know, Speaking of calendars, I mean, now it's going to be 2011, and we all know, you know, 366 days from that day will be um, the year 2012. Which is which supposed has been to be so the much... end of the world, or the Mayan calendar says it's the end of the world, or the end of the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it's kind of this um, whole thing of how, you know, how are people, you know, telling the time? What are people's hopes and dreams, and how, you know, how is this whole thing of, I heard something else on the radio today. They're talking about champagne, how or sparkling wine, um, how much it's consumed. Of like it, it outnumbers today's date or for New Year's. It outsells throughout the entire year of of champagne sales. All um, nothing compares to the one day, like an entire year's amount of the one really? day of Is um, people New Year's. Like start so. tomorrow night and they do it through the whole weekend, or is it just the midnight toast or? No, I'm just in general, just the purchasing of what of champagnes overall in a year. How much um, is bought in a year? The one day, the 31st, adds up to uh, surpasses sales of a whole year of this wow. one day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, and, and you know, if you're in France, you're drinking Truth Champagne from the Champagne region, or you're drinking Vouvray, which is the champagne of the Loire Valley of the area called Vouvray, and they're very uh, proud of that, and you can't call it Vouvray uh, unless you're from that. Well, here in California, of course, we have uh, sparkling wine. We love to call it champagne, but in reality, what it really is is sparkling wine, because you can only call champagne Champagne, if it is in um, the Loire, I mean, if it's from the Champagne region, I always find that so interesting. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that um, is fascinating. Of many things, of how people kind of view this New Year's as this rebirth, this freshness. And technically, January 1st is still part of the winter calendar that, you know, that we just had uh, our winters, our, our equinox that just occurred. Right. Um, but the whole thing of Spring, but we kind of tend to think January of spring. And, you know, typically spring means the season of rebirth and planting new crops and blossoming. But technically January 1st um, has no astronomical or, or, or uh, even agriculture-wise any kind of significance. It's purely arbitrary. <laughs> but, I mean, so you know, basically what it is is it, it's just the first day of the new year. It has nothing to do with biblical there's nothing exciting that happened. In fact, most people I know on January 1st are they're watching ball games and they're sleeping <laughs> because yeah, exactly. they were up most of the night on the 31st celebrating. Yeah, and that's you know that being true a big thing. The tournament of roses and also the rose um the rose bowl, the rose parade, which you um, went the, to one year. That yeah, was I, I didn't so you definitely yeah, the Tournament of Roses is a parade that uh, it dates back actually to 1886. And um, that year was they were decorating these carriages uh, with flowers. And it's celebrating the ripening of the orange crop in California because it actually takes, um, 
in uh, Pasadena, which can be considered um, Los Angeles, as well as Orange County. So, um, you know, the, the crop and everything. Of the, so eventually over time, they began to include the Rose Bowl, which is football, and it's played um, right after um, the big, ter- the big uh, parade occurs. And the first Rose Bowl was in 1902. And I actually, I actually um, had the great opportunity about, oh, my goodness, it was still in the 90s. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well, you, who knows when it was, right? Yeah. Um, to, uh, participating you were in working, high school, I think, weren't, weren't you? Yeah, of um, decorating um, a portion on the Rose Parade. And I have to say, Oh, my God. It, one, it was amazing. I've never seen so many, this warehouse filled with all these, all, every single thing is pure flowers and flower petals. I was working on um, this portion that probably took up maybe five inches of, for about six hours of gluing petal by petal by petal. So I don't know where they get all this. And in my mind, I feel like, oh, my gosh, all these flowers. But it's so beautiful and it's so um, artistically amazing when you look at these objects, knowing that they're purely um, the paint. You know, this, this decor is purely made out of flowers. So something I know you would probably um, I would love. Yeah, I've never seen it in person. I've only seen it on television. But I had a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it's always quite beautiful. But I just remember when you went, how much you enjoyed it and thought that it was really quite special. Yeah, and. You know, and also in the scene with, you know, traditions and special things, uh, I was looking into this and finding, you know, kind of some, sometimes little things you do, but you don't really know why. And um, sometimes, you know, people, uh, because different cultures celebrate the New Year in different ways, and I'm sometimes on, on very different days, other cultures um, start the, the year off differently. But I was looking into something they were saying about traditionally at um, – at uh, kind of celebrations or dinners on New Year's Eve, um, that regarding food, considered luck. And many cultures actually believe that things that are in the shape of a ring or, you know, circular shape uh, bring good luck because a circle symbolizes things coming full circle, you know, going whether things are good or bad. It's kind of completing it, something. Um, just as our earth is our sphere, you know, this round circle right, coming right. all around. So, um, you know, one thing is they say that in Dutch cultures, um, they actually believe that eating donuts on, on the New Year's Eve will bring you um, good, uh, good luck into the New Year's. And, and many cultures in the United States, I, I, this, I, read this, I think just on the radio today, they were telling me so many things that black-eyed peas, um, and they believe that by consuming um, these legumes, um, that uh, it's a good luck just, you know, overall, I don't know, they significance to health and something it's just some kind of hog meal or something i don't know but uh in my mind i always have thought just you know celebration good people and there's that's a big thing too um that overall people put a lot of money effort into this new year's celebration um but so many times i always think with people especially with this economy right now and people so worried about you know do they have the money to get this new dress to go these things it's not what you do but it's the people that you celebrate it with. And, you know, I think and that is what is so true, Heather. It truly is about who you are with. It's not where you are or what you have. It always about, it's about, you know, the people that you love and you love to be with. And especially at this new year, we want to be with, the, you know, family, friends, people that we care about that on the strike of midnight we can give a big hug or a kiss and let them know how much we care. <laughs> so what are your plans? 
Wow, my goodness. And so, so many things, you know, were going on. I think, you know, last year I did a big, you know, the downtown celebration. So this year was going to be more low-key. And, of course, last minute I started getting all the invitations. So actually my boyfriend and I are going to be going to a little uh, cocktail hour. There. A friend of ours lives downtown in a loft. So we're going to be going down there and just bringing in the new year with just a lot of wonderful friends. And I'm so excited. How about yourself? What are your Don't guys' that. I mean, I think that's the key is just to be excited, is just to be excited, you know, and just to be, again, with people that uh, you will have fun with. Well, it seems like this whole week we've been celebrating the holidays and having such a good time, and I hope that all of our listeners, whether you celebrated Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus or Christmas, or, or if you don't celebrate any particular holiday but you just had time off, we, Heather and I really hope that you really had a super time. We spent our time snowshoeing and snowmobiling and hot tubbing and playing in the snow and um, snowboarding. That was you, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking and eating and drinking and dancing. I think I'm still sore from about four or five nights of dancing. But it was just the best, absolutely the best ever. And now that we're going to a new year, I'm feeling a lot of optimism. I know that for many of our listeners, it's been a very hard year. The emails we get, you know, the economy has been hard. People have really suffered in their jobs. And, and next week, Heather and I will be doing a show on goal setting and trying to get you pumped up so that you can make your dreams come true and recover from anything. And, Heather, you know, Mercury goes out of retrograde today, which is a good thing because Wonderful. it's been a time of reflection and everything with the word re, you know, renewing, reinventing, which is a perfect time, if you're listening now in any part of the world, to sit down and write who do you want to be tomorrow and every day thereafter. And that way you can be the star you are. Well, Heather, you have just a rock and rollin' Happy, happy New Year, and I want you to give out uh, the websites, and thanks for all that historical perspective. And I wanted to just point out that was great you're saying everything with the reads, because resolution actually starts with an R-E as well, so that's probably why that got kicked into there. Oh, boy, <laughs> isn't that the truth? It certainly does. And then again, just a reminder, this is the, you're in the final hours of being able to, to make a, a donation to the your We certainly hope it will be Be The Star You Are. Go to be the star you are dot org and you get a big tax deduction. I mean, it exactly. really does help. Why exactly. give it to Uncle yeah, Sam so when you can help a child or an adult learn to read? So give the other websites, Have Definitely. As part of your New Year's resolution or if you want a big tax return, um, you can donate to Be The Star You Are, or maybe you want to purchase some books or anything to do with the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, as well as you can check out CarmonyClutches.com, both with a K, or HeatherBrittany.com, which all have links of how you can jumpstart your new year, or if you were trying to close out this year with a, by giving a big donation to help you with that tax return, um, check out our website. And really check out um, HeatherBrittany.com and check out these Carmony, the Carmony collection of uh, handbags and canvases that are all done with recycled. There's the re again. Refurbished <laughs> vintage fabrics, bangles, beads. They're really fantastic, all handmade, especially for the perfect girl in your life. And, Heather, I just want to give the miracle moment for today because we failed to do it at the beginning of the hour. And that is from T.S. Eliot. For last year's words belong 
to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. So Heather and I wish you all to make another beginning. And when we come back from break, you're going to be meeting a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine that has been long-term helping with the radio show and has her passion to share with you about her new venture with horses that can make a difference in your life. Christiana Copra will be with us in just a bit. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Would you rather pay more taxes or help a child or an adult learn to read? For the next 24 hours, you have a choice. You can give your hard-earned dollars to Uncle Sam, or you can give the gift of literacy. Your tax-deductible gift of $100 provides brand-new books for 26 children or adults. Your tax gift of $500 will ship five cases of brand-new books to schools, libraries, or any cause of your choice. Every year, 22% of charitable giving happens between December 30th and December 31st. Current laws tie the value of itemized deductions to your tax bracket. For those in the 35% tax bracket, you will get $350 right off. So donate today. Be the Star You Are was honored to be a top-rated charity in 2010. You can make certain that your gift will be given to a child or an adult in need. If you've already donated, Be the Star You Are volunteers, thank you. And if not, we want you to go to bethestarur.org. Click on the Donate button. The clock is ticking Make your tax-deductible contribution today and save on your taxes tomorrow. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. Donate now. Be the star you are.org. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying with us right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen, where we bring you the pioneers on the planet who are making a difference and helping you excel in life. Well, Christiana Capra was horse crazed since she was about two years old, but it wasn't until her adulthood that she has found a horse named Springthaw that led her to her life's calling. 
She now facilitates corporate animal workshops for team building, for leadership skills, and she helps people in personal growth and really be the stars they are through exercises with horses. And the name of the organization is Spring Reigns of Hope. Welcome, Christiana, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you, Cynthia, so much. It's really an honor to be here. Well, I am uh, so I... excited to have you on the show in this capacity because, as I said to our listeners earlier, you and I have worked together over the years, several years now, bringing fantastic authors to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, in your capacity as a publicist. But now yes. you are actually <laughs> branching out and doing this wonderful core work, this soul work that you've been wanting to do for so long. Tell us about your journey with the horses and what they can do to help all of us uh, you know, become better people and live our dreams. As you say, getting to the horse of the matter. <laughs> yes, that's our tagline. Um, I, I will try. I'll do my best. First of all, I just want to say it's an absolute honor because I have admired your show for many years, and I loved how you used the Be the Star that you are in the intro because that really is what the horses allow people to do and find themselves that way. But to shortly sort of uh, say how I, how I found this, I, I have been working in publicity and marketing for 15 years in New York City. I work at Corrupt Communications, and... I'm now a freelancer there because about uh, four years ago I discovered my my calling, as, as they say, or some people call it their dharma. Uh, that's what someone told me once. Um, I had a horse, Springsaw, that you mentioned, who what, became very, very ill with Lyme disease, and it was chronic and drug resistant. So we went through several years of traditional therapy to try and heal him and to no avail. And I, I through a friend, met a vet who is quite special in her own right. Her name is Dr. Judith, Judith Shoemaker, and she's in Pennsylvania. And she helped uh, heal my horse of Lyme disease using alternative uh, methods. And at the same time, she said, you need to get this horse well, and I think I can help you do that, but you really should look up a gala because he wants to be a healer. And I didn't know what she was talking about, so I looked up the website, and that was really when I knew I had found what I wanted to do. And EGALA stands for Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. It's an international certifying body. Um, and there is a model that they have designed for equine assisted psychotherapy and equine assisted learning. Essentially, what that model is, is um, there must be, there's no riding. I'll clarify that right up front. We don't offer any uh, mounted work or mounted exercises. There is great. Uh, healing to be had in riding horses. I, I can attest to that myself, but we don't, in the Adela model, we don't do any mounted work. And there also must be a horse professional present at every session, and there must be a licensed mental health professional present at every session. So that is the model that I looked at and I really felt safe uh, working under because when you take on psychotherapy issues, you know, you are dealing with mental health, and that takes on a whole other venue as opposed to maybe, you know, corporate team building or leadership. Uh, well, however, and on top of that, I, before I want to, because you do, you, you do that as well with the horses, but there's something that is just so incredibly soulful, spiritual, actually, about being around horses. They, they really do communicate with we humans in a special way. And when you told me that this was not about riding horses, it was really about 
the being with them. I, I really completely got it because I know with all the horses that I've owned, I, the thing I love best was just wrapping my arms around them or letting them nuzzle me and this, that whole listening. I've always felt I could talk to my horses. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I have shared things with horses that I could never share with another person. I know. <laughs> I, I understand that a thousand percent. So continue on with the Agala. So then you you went forward with that so that you yes, provide a certification. I, I got certified. I went through all the trainings to become certified as an equine specialist. And then I had to find a partner to work with because I'm not a mental health professional. And I didn't really want to go back to college at that point in my life to become one. So uh, I did. Uh, I was blessed to find a wonderful uh, PSYD uh, doctorate level clinical psychologist named uh, Dr. Maria Katsimanis, and we have uh, we knew upon meeting that we just had a great synergy, and it was interesting because she asked to meet me at the barn where the horses were, and I, I loved that because I thought she was just as interested in meeting our colleagues, which are the horses, Your horses. As, as much as me, and, and we joked later because when she went into the arena with the horses, she said later, I think they approved of me. <laughs> well, you know what? That, I, I don't take that lightly. I really and truly believe, like all animals, animals know whether you like them or not like them, but horses are exceptionally astute. And when you, the minute you walk into an arena with a horse, that you know and they know whether you're friends or not friends. And so she, they, you obviously connected all of you together. Sure. Yeah, we knew we had a team at that point. And then, you know, it's been a, probably a two-year uh, journey to actually open the business, find a facility, you know, all those things that you have to, all those mundane things that you have to do in order to set up a business. But, right, it's um, the foundation. One thing I'll say about the horses is that really, you know, the the Agala model stemmed out of all of the basic positive side effects that came out of therapeutic riding. You know, therapeutic riding has been around a while. A lot of people know about NARA and how much amazing good it does for uh, physical and mental disabilities. And even autism now, there's some big strides happening with that. But in the late 90s, uh, a few pioneers, Agala was one of them, also Barbara Resnick, Ariane Strazzi, there's a few others, Linda Kahanov, um they started to experiment with what happens when you are off the horse and there's no tack involved. You're just, you leave the horse loose to express himself uh, freely, intuitively, instinctually, and the clients are also loose to be able to interact with the horses. And, you know, we design ground-based activities to, to accomplish or try to accomplish. And but the beauty of it is if there's no right or wrong way, like we don't teach horsemanship. You know, I one of the best exercises we love to do for uh, a first-time client you're coming for the first time is to pick out a horse and bring it back and there'll be maybe two or three horses in the arena to choose from and so just in and and most of our clients have no previous horse experience you know we're in we're near new york city uh in fact right. we're, we just, not, i mean other than the police that are on horseback in in um, central park there's probably not a lot of Horses walking around yeah, the street. Uh, you know, most of, I'd say 95% of our clients have never been around a horse before. So just watching or just seeing how that individual decides what horse to pick, how to get them back. You know, it, it, I've seen people put, you know, a halter around their leg and, you know, bring them back. And, I mean, I do, I will start, I will start off by saying, you know, any, I believe that any equine being that could be, donkeys, minis, you know, mules, stallions, you know, all that 
can do this work. They have the aptitude to do it because they're horses. But I also believe, like anything else, you want to find horses that have a real aptitude to do this work, uh, safety-wise, you know, energetics, all of that. So I have searched, and, and I do have, you know, I have the lead horse that, you know, that, that led me to the work. But I have, you know, three or four others that I'm using right now that I am seeing really do want to do this work. And so well, that, I would imagine, Christiana, since you're dealing a lot with people who have never been around horses, who might fear large animals, that it is really imperative to have horses that uh, are gentle and and are receptive to some odd things, like you said, you know, putting sure. a halter around a leg. Yeah, I mean, so the and, way, and you know, kinda, not really knowing how to be around a horse. And I kind of uh, looked at that when that happened, and I went, "Oh no!" And then you know, the horse person in me said, "Oh no!" And then the the you know the, the horse was okay in me. I said, well, let me see what happens. And the horse just slowly walked with the person, and I thought, okay, well, it's fine. I mean, well, your goal with spring reins of hope is really to empower individuals to be resilient, and you want them yes. to, you know, figure out how to solve problems and to to be the people they were meant to be. I love the your acronym for the word spring, stimulating personal resources inspired by nonverbal and guidance, because what you're providing, Christiana, is a is a guidance system that they can take back into their lives and relive every day. Well, it's great that you actually point that out because it's so true. You know, what happens in the arena generally brings up a lot of stuff. And, and again, there's no right or wrong way. It inspires creative thinking, problem solving, uh, overcoming fears is quite obvious one. Um, but it really bases itself in, in experiential learning um, behavior rehearsal. So, you know, so horses can mirror or reflect what's going on internally for the client mentally. Because I really like to say they're sort of like nature's lie detectors. I mean, they really, they don't, they, what they really can't handle is discrepancy. And so if someone is feeling really uh, apprehensive or fearful but acting, say, like a bully, that's a discrepancy that the horses will pick up on. And so you might see a really calm, gentle horse who's normally a calm, gentle horse all of a sudden act out and be a little aggressive. And you think, hmm, you know, to me, as the horse person, I'm looking at that saying, well, I wonder if that might be mirroring what's really going on for the client. Well, see, um, that to me is the secret of what you're doing, is that the, the behavior in the client is really uh, showcasing in the horse which when the client sees that, they can understand that they're living a lie themselves and the horses can't live a lie, so the, the horses can't be inconsistent. Exactly, exactly. And, and one thing I will say, you know, if you're in traditional therapy setting, which we are not, you know, negating, we actually work with several therapists who, who use our services adjunctively, like when they get into a rut with a client or some, you know, they bring them to the horses and that sort of helps get them into the next phase of their therapy, but... When you're in an office setting and you're talking about your emotions and behaviors and, you know, we all have our own, you know, safeguards that we put up to protect ourselves, to protect others, all that kind of thing. So when you're out in the arena, you, you're you not in a traditional office setting, so that's one thing that changes just your environment. But you also have this 1,000-pound animal or less, but some of them are 1,000, and, you know, they're basically telling you or they're showing you what your emotional state is. And... It's interesting because clients are much more ready to trust the horse than they are to trust us. 
Well, I, I have always been more ready to trust a horse than any person. I'll trust any animal more than any well, person. to please the horse. You know, we find that they want to do it for the horse, not even yeah. necessarily for yeah. us. Well, they but... bond with them, and I'm sure people that yeah. don't even know that they have that ability. But what you're doing is you're building confidence in the people. You're helping them communicate better. You're, you're building a, a respect and, and trust, and you're really giving them a perspective that they can look at through the eyes and the, the body language, actually, of the horse. Now, one thing that when I was reading your material, and by the way, uh, the website is springrainsofhope.com. What a great name that is. Reins, of course, is spelled like the reins of a horse, R-E-I-N-S, Spring Reins of Hope. You've talked about some of the different kind of sessions or treatment plans that that you can offer there with the horse is you even have a military operation, Horses Helping Heroes Heal. Yes, Operation 4-H. <laughs> yes, um, tell us about that. We are actually working very hard right now to try and uh, create an alliance either with the VA or with Fort Dix, which is not too far from our farm. Um, and even I've been talking to folks at the Wounded Warriors Project the essential issue with the veterans program is funding. Um, you know, we are not a nonprofit. We we just couldn't set up that way at this time. And right. so well, it's, it's expensive to start a nonprofit, and it takes time. It is, and we really wanted to get going and offer these services. So I've been working with, I've been talking to uh, all of these programs and trying to figure out ways for us to partner with nonprofits who service uh, veterans, especially OIF and OEF, and. Um, and that, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan, that's just our most current vet, um, to be able to do this because the, the horses really do offer a respite from the PTSD and the insomnia and the substance abuse and all of the, you know, I read a study that was put out by RAND last year that there was an average of 18 suicides a day. And oh, when I read that, it, it just lit the fire on me to say, this is, this is, got to be stopped like there's got to be and i know the horse well christiana look into something called i'm just going to interject this a flow through because you could work with any charity as a flow through and what that means is that somebody makes let's just say a hundred dollar they're going to pay a hundred dollars and it can actually be a hundred dollar donation normally twenty percent would stay with the charity that it's flowing through like let's just say be the star you are be the star you are i say keeps twenty dollars for the administration, and then your your company would get eighty percent. Look into wow, that. Okay, I will look into that. Yes, I've been actually reaching out to corporate, uh, some of our corporate contacts, and saying you know sponsor a veteran, you know, sponsor one veteran through the through the course. And uh, one thing I will say, Agala was able to present uh, as an organization to the DoD last year, and they brought some key players who've been doing this work for a while with veterans and. One of the presenters, all they did was go up on stage in front of 44 members of the DO, the Department of Defense, and they read letters and postcards from, from uh, you know, men and women who have gone through the program. And they were just simple lines like, you know, after three weeks with the horses, after three visits with the horses, I'm able to sleep through the night. Thank you. you know, after your eight weeks with the horses, you know, my wife and I are working things out. You know, it was just, and that gripped them so much. They actually did want more information. And so I'm hoping that as, the work grows, and as more and more people are able to do it, and we do as much as we can, um, we've actually sponsored a couple. So you know, we're, we're doing what we can, but I do need this help. Is very that important work that you're doing, and I'm just so excited that 
you know, that you, you came back to your soul, to your passion, to your purpose, because you're offering hope and possibilities to other people. And what better way to be working with the animals, to be working out there with all these wonderful creatures and bringing them to people who have never had this experience to help them heal and to become whole again. It, it is actually selfishly, I will say, it is a beautiful process to watch. And we just uh, we we did create um, a contract with the Queens District Attorney's Office. We're doing a pilot program with them in 2011 with their gang violence and hate crimes bureau with boys uh, 15 to 19. And we did a couple of trial sessions with them earlier last year and. You know, it was interesting to watch these boys get off the van. You know, they were big, they were tough, they were talking a lot, you know, talking a lot of talk. And and then when they went in the ring with the horses, they it was almost as if they became a foot shorter and younger. Mm. And by the time they left, they were they were laughing and they were high-fiving each other. And they, and they uh, had become a family, basically. Just in, yeah, just in one three-hour session. And I thought, wow, if these kids could come back, you know, in a, four weeks in a row, this would be great. But I well, turned to Maria. Well, this is the power of what you're doing. And, this this and I hope that you're, you will be able to spread spring rains of hope, not just in the New York area, but across the country, because people everywhere will be able to benefit from the, the gentleness, the kindness, the insightfulness that these equine can provide, the horses can provide for all of us. Let's give out your website again so people can get in, in contact with you. And sure. that is springrainsofhope.com. And again, it's spring, S-P-R-I-N-G, rains, R-E-I-N-S, of hope.com. Do you want to just give a final message to everyone? Well, I just would like to—I'd like to wish everyone a, a fruitful and happy two, 2011 coming up, and that if you are mildly interested in this work, you know, do look up egala.org. It's E-A-G-A-L-A dot org, uh, because if you're in another part of the country, they do have a, a resources page that will list programs all across the country that have started. So you can so look that up. There's and, really hope for everyone out there. You. We all have choices to make, and we can let the horses help heal us. I love that 4-H idea, especially with our military and with our youth. There isn't, we have to do more and more every day, you know, just to, again, be the stars we are. Well, Christina, have a, Christina, have a fabulous, happy, 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 happy New Year, and there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be mega successful. I mean, you are doing an amazing job, and thanks Thank for following you. your heart, and thanks for sharing it. Right oh, here with you. us on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. All right, we'll be talking soon. And when we come back from break, we are going to go into the kitchen with Phyllis Watts. When she comes, where food and people still meet. We're going to be cooking up a storm for the new year. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Back in a bit. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. 
get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much. We are still here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, only one day to the new year. How exciting. 2010 has just flown, flown by. Another reminder, you're in the final hours to make a donation to the charity Be the Star You Are. If you want a tax deduction for 2010, go to be the starur.org. $100 provides 26 children with a brand new book. So that is a wonderful thing for literacy. Be the starur.org. If you've already donated, thank you so much. And if you haven't, we really hope that you will get in on board and make a difference. Well, our next guest, Phyllis Watts, is back with us. She was here a few months back with her first book called Where Food and People Meet, and she has made an incredibly wonderful recipe bible, a journey, a, 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 a book on, uh, on a voyage, I would say, Where Food and People Still meet. Welcome back, Phyllis, to well, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Oh, Cynthia, thank you so much. I enjoy your show immensely. Your well, show, thank you, and I enjoy your people. book. This is, the, I mean, I thought your first book was fabulous. This book, you have totally outdone yourself. Oh, you had just way too much fun traveling <laughs> around, meeting all these great people, and putting together these recipes. And now, I guess it's shocking to yourself, but... You truly are a food expert. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you're having a great time doing it. Uh, tell us a little bit about this, uh, you know, this expedition, this excursion into 
where food and people still meet. How did this come about? Your your last book was large and was so well received. So, oh. <laughs> well, the first book I thought I was done with all the recipes that I had collected over the years of traveling and had told every story I thought I knew about food. Um, then well, I were you doing... wrong on that one? <laughs> yep, over nine hundred recipes. You'd think I'd covered it all, but then I. Uh, started going on my book signings at different places and getting in contact with people. And it's amazing. The people would come up and, and want to know about a certain recipe or a certain um, people from my past started coming and meeting me and, and greeting me again. And I gained so many new new old friends, <laughs> new acquaintances, um, and they just had all these different recipes that they remembered from when we were together and things that we had shared or they had things that they had stories about that had made an impact on them and um, made uh, the people that they shared them with important. And so I, well, and I started think this keeping is track what was really had much more to, to say. When you put together the book, is that so many people are in this book, and they were surprised that they were, their recipes made it to your book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they must have been thrilled and surprised. The well, they don't realize that the people were the most important part of it. It actually, I started out with a cookbook, but I realized that the reason the recipes were so important is because of the people, you know. Well, and, you know, and this is what I, I believe, too, and Heather and I were talking about this at the top of the hour. It's not what you do for any occasion on New Year's or, you know, whether it's Easter or 4th of July. It's really who you're with, Mm -hmm. and that's what your book is about. It's Mm -hmm. about friendship. It's about family. It's about new adventures. Mm -hmm. It's about meeting new people and making new friends because strangers are just people you haven't met yet. Exactly, and the people that are reflected through me as I carry their memory on, um, some of them aren't with us anymore, and and the ones that are here to honor them with the memories that I have of our, whether it was a short time or a long time, uh, the time that we shared, because time is so precious and people are so important to making who we are and and uh, giving us the tools for living and empowering us to help us be the person that we want to be. Well, in, and also what a wonderful legacy for their families that they have their recipes and the stories that you have shared mm. with them. I think that is just a great, you know, something that 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 can't be that can't be um, rediscovered anywhere. You have it down in writing. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about your background. What was it, Phyllis, that made you start loving to cook or to create recipes in the first place? <laughs> well, actually, I I cooked when I was younger just because I had to. Mom would tell me what to cook and get it on the stove. I had I was a latchkey kid before they knew what a latchkey was. Um, Mom and Dad both worked, and, and it was just a part of, of uh, keeping the family going. But then we did have our moments. As I started to reflect on many of those and started telling the stories, I realized how important food had been in my life and the different memories that it brought back of different family members and how we all gathered around food, how we all enjoyed it and it brought back this the smells and tastes brought back the memories of the people and so then as i traveled as a nurse one of the things that i found that linked me together with anybody and i went into homes from all kinds of life <laughs> from uh, many many places and time and um the one thing i could always connect with was their food uh, there was always something that people would like to talk about as far as 
something that they liked or they remembered or a special meal or a dish. And that seemed to always open the doors for me to become their friends, their acquaintances, whatever. Those started the memories. And then sometimes we were allowed to uh, experience foods together and uh, then created our own memories together and shared and gave a part of ourselves to each other. And uh, it just kept growing and growing. And I, I finally settled down here in Alaska and and was doing recipe calendars every year, uh, putting calendars together with recipes. And <laughs> people kept saying, "You should write a cookbook. You, you should, should put all these write a book. a book." And I and never voila, figured I had enough for a cookbook. Very close together. <laughs> I mean, this—it's not easy putting a book together, much less a cookbook where you have to try out all the recipes. Oh. I bet you have a lot of uh, family and friends uh, around the country that are so excited that you come into their kitchen. <laughs> Well, as a matter of fact, I've been invited into Denver uh, to the Colorado Boys Ranch because they have a culinary school there for the boys as part of their treatment, and we're going to, I'm going to be there uh, to help them, and then they're going to show off their culinary skills at Whole Foods on the next the Saturday. So I get to read a whole new group of generations. <gasps> now, that, and people that is really exciting because this is, like, this is truly giving back and passing on the knowledge and especially giving kids who might be a bit disadvantaged, uh, another lease on life, but something that they could be passionate about. Yes, yes. And, you know, food can be such a tremendous instrument in helping us uh, live the life we want to live. You know, well, it's, uh, you, know I, you just made such an important point because don't you think, I mean, I know in my life, especially being Italian and everything revolves around food, I really think that our lives revolve around food oh, yeah. and that any occasion is not a special occasion unless it has something that is, you know, from your tradition or some kind of nibble that you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Or if it's really awful, you're still going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's fascinating. If you just think about even having a meeting, I can remember supervisors, and I said it myself when I became supervisor in nursing, is if you want to have a meeting and have enough people come to it to actually make a difference, serve something. <laughs> you know <laughs> what, Phyllis, that's, that's really right. I know when we're doing all the kids, the volunteers, and, and we're putting on events, the fir- very first thing that goes out in their text or their email is that there will be food. There will be snacks <laughs> and drinks. And people a lot of times just come for that. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, it is rather funny, although I'd rather be at your table. You know, I think that <laughs> you're probably providing something a little bit better than, uh, oh, than, than anything. Just, people appreciate anything, you know, and I think that's Let's talk sensation. about a few yeah. of the different kinds of recipes and things in here. Mm-hmm. And, again, uh, the name of the book is Where Food and People Still Meet, and the author is Phyllis Watts. And you're, you can go to her website. Phyllis, give out that uh, website right now just so we have it. It's www.wherefoodandpeoplemeet.com. Which was the name of the first book, Where right. Food and People Meet. And mm-hmm. so now uh, Where Food and People Still Meet <laughs> or, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is there as well. But, you know, I was when I was reading this, it, I was um, fascinated how you give absolutely all the information that anyone would need to know about, you know, measuring or substituting if you run out of something, what you can do with it. I felt that that was really very, very helpful, uh, informative, and especially for somebody like me that's always on the go, that just, you know, helps me keep cool and calm when it can be (laughs) stressful. 
Well, that was the idea, was to make it something simple. You know, I believe that food does not have to be a difficult thing to make. Uh, anybody can make something, and it's giving a part of yourself, so it has to be something that somebody's willing to do. And I found so many people were frustrated because they felt like they weren't cooks or weren't bakers or weren't able to do that. And it, it's so much a part of giving yourself to someone else that I felt I needed to make things simple for people and put things down that could be found in regular stores, that could be found in your own kitchen, and nothing difficult that had uh, lots of different steps or anything. And if they did have steps, to be able to explain those in terms that you don't have to take a class in order to understand them. So food is uh, a part of our living, and I wanted to make it a part of our lives. And you, you really did. Again, the name of the book, Where Food and People Still Meet, Phyllis Watts is the author, W-A-T-T-S. You have a section in here called Ready for the Road, which I loved because <laughs> I thought not only, you know, we're in a society now, we're always on the move, we're always on the go, it's fast, 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 and I am not a fan of fast food restaurants. I mean, I, I can't, couldn't tell you the last time I went to one. It has mm-hmm. to be 10 years or more. But you have things in here that are healthy, are very quick to make, and you could take them with you. And one of them that I liked and I've tried and I thought it was so great and would be great in kids' lunches was the walking salad where you core an apple and you add peanut butter and raisins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a great uh, snack that is. I mean, that's just <laughs> like you could put trail mix in it or anything, mm-hmm. I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to carry. You can do it. You can carry it out hiking. You can have it with you wherever you go. And it's its own bowl. When you get done with it, it's done. You don't have anything that you have to uh, get trashed uh, anywhere. And um, for your body, it's good. And for your uh, your, your environment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, that was a really good thing, too, is if you're going on a hike or you're going to be doing something that requires energy and exertion, you're going to be exerting yourself, something like that would be a really great pick-me-up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, your husband, Joe, he seems to have a, a lot of fun with you with all of this. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. uh, tell us about some of your travels, because we know that you were a nurse and you've met people from all over through that. Mm-hmm. But this, in this book, as you traveled frequently, it wasn't, uh, you, you traveled all over North America. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Oh, just traveling to the different states. I've been to every state except Hawaii now at this point, um, although people have brought me things from Hawaii that I have included in some of my recipes and things because Alaskans seem to go to Hawaii a lot. So I, I'm feeling that um, empowering. Well, and I think island. Alaska Airlines is flying to Hawaii now. Yes. So your own, your own state airlines is actually going there. You're going to have to go to that, you know, Definitely. that 50th state, right? Yeah. Or is, or is that the 49th? Are you the 50th? <laughs> You're the 50th, right? Alaska's the 50th? Uh-huh. That's right. Oh, Sorry, well, I mixed them up. Alaska's the 49th, and Hawaii's the 50th, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, you'll have to do the, you know, you'll have to go over there and do the hula, and then you can come back and, and do the, <laughs> Get the Hawaiian hula. hula anymore. So this time around, do you think that, uh, you know, you've got another book inside you then? Oh, everybody seems to think I do, and as I go through um, the book signings and different um, activities, I find there are still recipes that are not there. (laughs) And Phyllis, I would say that, yes, this is just the beginning. You are on a roll now, girlfriend. You cannot stop now. You have to keep going because the world is waiting, and as you can see from 
even your jaunt going to Colorado, they're, you're going to be invited all over to be doing your cooking expedition. Oh, well, let's I'm send people to the to website it. again where food and, and people, people meet. meet. The new book here, .com, right? Mm-hmm. Where food and people meet .com. The new book is Where Food and People Still Meet. And wait yeah. till you see the cover. It's so much fun. Really. <laughs> Very clever, Phyllis. Author is Phyllis Watts. She's just an incredible person and a great cook. She makes it easy, simple, accessible. You'll love this book. What a great gift. <laughs> Go out and get it today. Phyllis. Have a wonderful new year. I wish well, you were you closer. Too. Thank you. Let's pop in for a little toast. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you well, we start celebrating yourself. early. We, yeah. we start at 8 o'clock because we have to call all the people we know on the East Coast at 8 o'clock and celebrate with them. And then at 9 o'clock we celebrate with the um, Central Time people that we uh, call, family. And then Mountain Time is at 9 or 10. And then 11 o'clock, we celebrate with our West Coast friends. And then finally in Alaska, we have our 12 o'clock midnight. <laughs> I love it. You're my kind of girl. You're, you're, you're celebrating everything. Well, thank you again, Phyllis, for coming back here on Be The Star You Are. We're oh, going to expect you. a return visit in the new, near future when well, where the food title. and people still meet. Maybe it'll be meet again. That's it. That's the title Joe's chosen, where food and people meet again. Really? I just came up <laughs> with that. Well, green. I love it, too. <laughs> Tell Joe he has good taste, I think, where they still meet again. Oh, Happy wonderful. New Year to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank and you. And that's Phyllis Watts, where food and people still meet. Thanks, Phyllis. Thank and thank you, you all of you, for being such great listeners this entire year of 2010. Bring in the new year. Be safe. Celebrate. Remember that you are the stars of your own life. You can make a difference. You can grow and love and be the person you want to be. Make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Go to bethestaryouare.org. Save on your taxes. We want you to save. And until next week, we'll see you next year. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. 